0: Today we are continuing this series that we are in called Relational Reset. Can you say relational reset? reset. Awesome, awesome. And so Pastor John stood up here last week and challenged us in taking ownership uh, in our relationships. And by taking ownership, it's like we're taking personal responsibility for our relationships. And you know, we're talking that we're no longer gonna be making excuses that, but we're gonna be striving for progress. We're no longer going to be shifting the blame, but we are going to seek uh, and strive for the best that we can be in our relationships. And so today, you know, I am privileged that I get to continue this series and and talk about community today. And so if we never officially met, my name is Mike. I'm our youth and outreach pastor here at Abundant Life Church. And so I'm excited that we get to talk about community and not just community, but godly community. Uh, Because here's the, I believe... uh, Our core is community in our lives. If you think of it, we all uh, want to be accepted. Uh, We all want to to be understood and find a place that we feel is safe uh, and that we also feel that we belong. And so if you look at like our everyday lives, you can see where we're striving for community in in one place or another. Uh, Let me ask this. Uh, Do I have any teachers in the the room today? Teachers don't read. I'm, I'm, I'm partially, yeah, there we go. The lights partially blind me, so like my Asian eyes really come out, so I can't really see a whole lot out in the room. So thank you for making the noise. Uh, teachers, let me ask you a question really quickly. Uh, would you say that you have a community of other teachers that you open up with and express to that you probably went with other people? Yes, yeah. Yes. thank you. Thank. Absolutely. Okay. You know, um, uh, are there any people that work in the medical field? Hey, same thing? Yes? Yes? You know, I think no matter what uh, job that we have, you know, I'm pretty sure that we can start thinking that we have a a good, close community with some of our coworkers. If you're a student today, you know, maybe you play a sport or maybe you're in band or maybe you're in some kind of extracurricular activity to where you can probably say, yeah, I got a pretty good uh, community of of people that I'm constantly doing life with. and. I think that the reason that we have uh, that community is because that there is some shared experience there. And if we're completely honest today, for some of us in this room, that we will be able to say that, you know, my community with my coworkers or my community with my neighbors or my community with the people that I, I play the sport with, we would say that we feel more comfortable opening up in our experiences with that community rather than some of the people that we're sitting in the row with today. I think the reason is because Shared experiences create stronger bonds than few can. And so, like, even let's, I'm going to talk about teachers again. Teachers, you know, that small group of community of other teachers that you have, it probably doesn't include the entire faculty and staff, right? Because some of the people you work with are just crazy, you know? And I think that we can all say that in some aspect or some area, you know, that we have a strong community with a small group of people that we consider co-workers, but it's not with everybody that works in our building or in our profession or in our school or whatever. You know, I think the same is true for us in church, as it's intimidating or as it feels more comfortable for that small group, in church, it's a little bit intimidating or it's a little bit uncomfortable to come into a building or a building like our own and try to find people with the same shared experiences. We can, we, we can almost feel like we get lost sometimes. You know, I think, honestly, I think that's why some people, you know, not everybody, but I think some people, that's why you purposely plan to come into service at, like, 10, uh, we start service at 1030, so probably coming at, like, 1032 or 1033, you know, and then, like, just coming, like, sneaking in and and trying to make sure nobody has to talk to me, woo, you know, and it's, like, right as, like, Pastor John is, like, you know, closing out, and it's, like, you're grabbing your coats and you're literally walking out. You know, because here's the thing it, it's it's intimidating nobody likes that small talk or trying to have to build you know relationships because let's be honest like trying to establish new relationships it's hard for some of us it may come easy but for other of us it, it's hard it's difficult and it's uncomfortable but none listen I, I want us to understand something none of these communities that we have built either at work or at our school campuses or with our neighbors I'm not going to talk today about how that they're good or bad in our lives, I want us to focus on what godly community are we building in our life right now? Because God has called us to do community to reach our purpose. And if you look through the Bible, there is multiple examples of people that have been walking in godly relationships and godly community. You know, we, we know the story with Jonathan, how he tended uh, to David and help him with his wounds and help him prepare and help him, like when Jonathan's dad was literally pursuing them to kill them. You know, or if you look at the relationship with Ruth and Naomi, Naomi literally, you know, I don't know if you ever felt like alone or abandoned before, but this is literally how Naomi is feeling. And literally, Ruth was the loyal friend that continued to stick by her side. See, at the core of who we are, we desire community because God has created us with that desire. And he's called us to do community to reach people. But if we can be honest with ourselves, We live in a culture where we have a lot of friends and we have a lot of followers, but we don't have godly relationships. We have a lot of acquaintances and a lot of people that we surround ourselves with. But if we can fully be honest, how many of those people that we surround ourselves with that we have given them permission to hold us accountable and we can still call them friends at the end of the day? God wants us to have godly community so that we can reach purpose. And if we don't have godly community, well, then today is the day to where we hit the reset button and we start pursuing godly community. Maybe you're like, uh, you know what, I have a relationship with God, and, and I've been coming to church, and, and I'm going to try to discover my gifts, and I'm trying to seek godly community. I'm going to try to seek godly relationships and godly friends. But I think once, sometimes we, once we get into it, we start godly relationships and godly community, we don't finish it. Because somehow we thought by putting the word God in front of something, it would become easy. I'm going to have a Godly relationship with somebody, and it should be an easy relationship, so I don't have to put a lot of work into it. Or, or, hey, we're all Christians, so this shouldn't be hard, right? I I think we have to really kind of shift our eyes on what godly community is, because godly community is made up of godly relationships of regular people, with real problems, and it bugs me that people don't go to church or they stop coming to church because they're offended by what somebody said or, or you know, this person does this and, and I don't like what that person said to me and the, the pastor didn't pursue me this way or the pastor called me out or, you know, they're, they're all a bunch of hypocrites. or Let's be honest, whatever crap excuse that, you, that, that somebody comes to the church with. But if we can be honest with ourselves, the moment that you step inside of a church, the church is no longer perfect. Glory to God. Somewhere down the line that we forgot that we were born into a sinful nature. And so we have all that junk to deal with. But on top of that, we have all of our experiences, and we have this culture that we're, that we're growing up in and raising our kids in. And we're constantly dealing with human nature. And so what people do is that they get out of godly relationships because they experience the humanness of people. What God is saying is, I need people who are going to commit to being in godly relationships with. It's going to get messy. It's going to get hard. It's going to mean that I'm going to have to call out your junk, and you're going to have to call out mine. Or we're going to have to deal with those insecurities, and you're going to have to deal with mine. But God is asking, who's going to commit to it? Who's going to commit to godly community? See, and, and I want to use this analogy today that's going to, you know, uh, kind of explain where we're going. But I believe that godly community is like a roller coaster. Have you ever been on a roller coaster before? How many of you have loved it? Both my hands. You know, how many of you have been on a roller coaster and you absolutely, like, hated it? Wow. You're no fun. Uh, how, <laughs> how, how many of you have never ridden a roller coaster before? We're, we're going to help you. We're taking to Hershey Park tomorrow, you yeah. <laughs> right now. Um, I, I remember um, this was like uh, 10, 11 years ago. I was uh, going, uh, I, I, was, I was helping out with the Potomac uh, PKMK retreat, which is a retreat just for pastors' kids and mission kids to, to where the pastors and their spouses can uh, send their kids for a weekend so that they can have sex. And so um, – Um, so what happened was, uh, I, I was overseeing, um, like fourth and fifth grade guys, and I remember, like, one of the days we went up to Hershey Park, and do you, do you know the roller coaster where it's the wooden roller coaster, but it has the two roller coasters that are, like, racing after each other? Have you been there? Okay. You know I love roller coasters, and so I'm with these fourth and fifth grade guys, and you know I'm like asking them, and I was like, hey, what, do you guys want to go on this roller coaster? And then like majority of them were like, yeah! And, and I had one that he, he didn't respond, but I was like, okay, well, you know, majority vote, you know, stinks to be you. Um, and so we're, we're going on this roller coaster, and and I re- I remember it's, uh, you know, there I couldn't get in the very front, so I'm in the second one, and I had the, this kid next to me, and and I started to remember. It's like, you know, what, what, he was the one that didn't say that he he wanted to go on the roller coaster. And and so you know, you get on, you get buckled in, and you start going up the 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 incline, and like click 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 click. And I'm pumped, and I'm excited, I'm like yeah, you know. And, and I look over at this kid, and I just see this. I'm like, bro, are are, are you okay? Um, and he like literally turns at me, is like. I've never been on a roller coaster before, <laughs> with this straight-up fear in his eyes. And, and I'm like, oh, boy. And it was like, it was one of those points where you couldn't turn back because we are literally at the peak, and then it's like the drop. And I'm like, yeah, woo, woo. You know, it's like, I'm, I'm loving it. And it was like at the end of the ride, and where the kid was like this, at the beginning, it was like this. Frozen. Like nothing coming out of his mouth, nothing, like I didn't know if he was crying or like the wind just took it or whatnot, but he was frozen. I'm like, oh my gosh, I killed this kid. And I literally had to pry off of his hands off of the bar. He le- he left fingerprints, like, inside the bar. And I'm, like, I'm carrying this kid off because I'm literally thinking he's dead. You know? And, like, we're on the exit ramp. <laughs> I'll never forget this. You know, like, I'm asking. I'm, like, yelling in his face. is like, are you alive? Are you okay? Say something. And <laughs> next thing I know, um, he farts. And <laughs> he chuckles. <laughs> And then he goes off with his friends. And I'm like, oh, good. It was just gas. I'm like, it's like, that's the only problem. <laughs> I, I, I love roller coasters, okay? And, and I love that story because it cracks me up every time I think of it. But I think godly community is kind of like a roller coaster. You know, it has its ups and downs. It has its, its twists and its turns and its unexpected you-know-what. And if we can be honest today... We need to be able to pursue these godly relationships, and we have to know what the ride is going to be like. But see, if I can say this before we even get into uh, these notes, and if you want to follow along, there are notes in the in the, in the uh, my LC app that you can follow along in Scriptures, too, that we'll be going through. It, it, in, in this journey that we're in, and in life, we want to get onto the roller coaster with people that we want to pursue godly community with. But there are some people in our lives that we shouldn't even be getting on the ride with. As in, there, there are people that are, they're not going to lead you by faith. They're gonna lead you astray by their feelings. And so today, as we go through this scripture and we go through these points, I want you to begin to think, who, who can I be in godly community with? Or who do I need to be pursuing godly relationships with? That first step on, on on a roller coaster, you have to be able to commit to the ride. And so here is the thing: uh, for us to experience godly community, we have to commit to the journey. We have to be able to commit to the journey. When the first thing that you do, like even the ante, antipis, ante, anticipation of the ride, you know you you have that excitement. Or unless you're, like you're deeply scared and it's like you don't want to get on, but you got that friend that's pushing you to get on. You know, it's like there's that anticipation and that excitement, but you have to literally step in and get buckled in to even prepare for the ride that's that's ahead of you. And the same thing in our godly relationships and godly community. We have to commit to the journey. See, here at Blunt Life Church, you know, uh, we have groups available. So you're committing to get involved in a life group, or, or you're committing to be involved in, in an interest group, or a grow group, or, or maybe you're, you're committing to get involved in the ministry, or even serving in the ministry. But see, we, we don't want to push you to, to get uh, connected and, and join these communities if you feel like you're going to flake out or, or, or jump out at any time. Because here's the thing. What would happen if somebody got on their roller coaster and decided, no, this is too hard or it's too scary, and they jump out? It'd be fatal. The same thing with godly relationships. We can't, we can't get off the ride before it ends. And many people, are they're jumping out of godly relationships because it gets too hard. They don't like what comes with it. Let me ask this question. You know, do you think football players... Are surprised to know that somebody's trying to tackle them. Like I'm running, ah, you know, and it's like, I, why'd you tackle me? You know, where'd that come from? No, they're, they know and they're paid to know, hey, I gotta get into the end zone, but I know somebody's trying to tackle me. I know somebody's trying to stop me from getting to where I need to be. So why, why are we surprised that in relationships that we get hurt? Or why are we surprised that there's offense? It's a part of the game. It's a part of the journey. If you look uh, in, in Matthew 4, we're going to look at uh, one of my favorite relationships in the Bible. And it's the relationship with Jesus and Peter. And if there's any relationship that I feel like is like a roller coaster, it's theirs. It's crazy. It's up and down. It's all over the place. It says in Matthew 4, 19, it says, And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. So how do you know Peter committed to the journey to follow Jesus and pursue godly community? It says that he, he immediately, like that, left their net. It means he immediately sacrificed something to pursue that relationship with Jesus. Are you willing to sacrifice anything to have a godly relationship? Peter literally sacrificed his business. The thing that brought home the cheddar, if you know what I'm saying. And he said, you know what? No matter what's going on, I'm committing to walk with you. No matter what is happening, we are going to do this together, Jesus. See, most of us won't even commit because we won't even give up the time to even pursue a godly community. We won't give up habits. Some of us, we won't even give up other people that are directing us in the opposite direction of God. Some of us, we're pursuing these, these relationships with people that, that we're not even going anywhere in life. If we want to be able to experience godly community, we got to be able to commit to the journey. And that means that sometimes we're going to have to sacrifice something. I see this all the time in our youth ministry. You know, in our youth ministry, we have something we call our small groups. We call them crews. And so I, I know it's like we, we have a lot of students that... Uh, Every week they're waiting. It's like, well, well, should I come? Should I not come? Well, who's going to be there? Is my friends going to be there? You know, I don't want to be there if I don't know somebody. Or, you know, I don't want to be there if there's only one person. You know, and, and, and we already begin to, and I see this, it's not just youth that's happening in, in this culture. It's happening with adults too. We begin to already question ourselves and doubt ourselves. And we even stop ourselves from even taking the step to get into the journey to experience what God has for us. Jesus called him, follow me. And Peter, he immediately made that sacrifice because he saw what was before him was totally worth it. The people that we're pursuing in life, if if there are people in our life who aren't helping us to reach our purpose, then what are they there for? We have to be able to commit to the journey. Godly community, we also have to embrace encouragement. Encouragement. See, when you're on that roller coaster and you have that incline, that click, 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 you know, it it, it kind of builds that adrenaline rush. It kind of builds of what is to come. You know, the same thing that we we need to be able to encourage one another so that we can climb to places that we never thought we would ever be able to see ourselves. In John chapter one, it says in forty-two, Andrew brought Simon to meet Jesus. Simon is Peter. Looking intently at Simon, Jesus said, "Your name is Simon, son of John." but you will be called Cephas, which means Peter. Here's what I think is really dope about Jesus. We know that the name Peter means rock, but did you know that the name Simon means wavering one? And so when you look at the scripture, when Jesus committed to walk this out with Peter, he saw the condition that he was in, but he didn't address who he was, he addressed him and who he would be. And so our godly community, we have to be able to speak to who who we will be more than who we are. We need to be a godly community that will speak more to who we will be, not just who we are right now. We have to be able to be able to say to people, hey, listen, you are a man of God, and you are being faithful. I know you haven't been consistent right now. I know you, you're being hard on yourself, but listen, you are making the steps. We have to be able to say to one another, listen, I don't care what other people have called you, but you are pure, and you are whole, and you have purpose. We have to be able to say to our young people, young people, you are passionate, and you are driven. And God has a purpose for you to be able to shift your culture. I know everybody else has called your generation the lazy generation, but God has purpose for you to influence the people around you. My question is, who in our life is speaking to us and who we will be? Who are the people who see where you are going and speak that into existence? See, we have to stop you know, judging people. We have to stop having that, that pharisaic attitude and mindset and start speaking with grace and truth. Godly community commits to the journey. Godly community embraces the encouragement. Also, godly community prepares for the disappointments. You know, on a roller coaster, you, you, you get to that peak. And, and what I love about being on a roller coaster at the top of the peak, you're able to see the whole entire park. You're able to see all over but what comes after the peak it's the drop and see a lot of times in our life and our relationships this is the very test of that relationship is the drop of disappointment there are going to be things that are so disappointing in our community and in our relationships but it's not an excuse to abort the relationship See, with Jesus, he was in the most hardest time in his life, where he was literally fighting his holiness and his humanity. And so he's in the garden, and he's asking his core three, Peter, James, and John, to say, hey, listen, I, I'm in, in so much anguish right now. He even said that Jesus said his soul is crushed to the point with death. And so he's just asking, guys, listen, I'm going to pray over here, but can you hang? Can you just be here for me? I just need to know I got, I got people that got my back right now. And so it says in Matthew 26 that he went a little further and bowed with his face to the ground, praying, My Father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Then he he returned to his disciples and found them asleep. And so he says to Peter, Peter. Couldn't you watch me even for one freaking hour? Jesus didn't say freaking. I said freaking. That's my mindset. That's just where I go. Here's the thing Jesus was disappointed because here's what he asked them, here's what his expectation was. And they went to sleep. And they didn't just do this one time, they did it three times. Yo, if somebody disappointed me in three times in one night, it go, psh, it's a bye. Godly community. And this is where it, it, we need to be able to see the shift. Godly community addresses the disappointment but doesn't abort the relationships. And we don't know how to do this. We don't know how to address disappointment. We don't talk, we internalize or, or we take what has happened and that hurt and offense and we just kind of like slip underneath the rug and not even have to deal with it. And what it does, it builds up this unhealthiness, it builds up this unforgiveness, it builds up this toxicity. And God's saying, well, what I need to do is I need to go to that person. I need to let them know about my disappointment. I need to let them know about my bitterness or my jealousy. But we don't do it. We don't want godly community because we allow our pride to get in the way. Can we choose to be transparent? Can we choose to be honest with where we are at? Because God doesn't bless pride and jealousy. Address disappointments, but don't abandon the relationships. Here's the thing. And and I'm going to speak on behalf of men because I know I do this. You know, when asked, is everything all right? I'm fine. I'm cool. It's all right. Are you with me? Ladies, I I know you do it too. Oh, it's fine. When you know it's not. Stop deceiving me. You know, it's like, here's the thing. God does not bless. And hear me, God does not bless when we allow our pride to stand in the way. You think God's gonna give us a golden star when we say, it's fine, it's okay, I'm all right, I don't need any help? Think God's up there? Listen, If we were made to handle that, we would have been the ones to die on the cross and not Jesus. There's a reason that Jesus had to die on the cross to save the world and not us. We need to be able to be a culture to say, it's okay that I'm not okay. We don't know how to do this sometimes. I don't know how to process my hurts. I don't know how to process this anger, which I think, I'm thinking I'm feeling angry, and so I need to process this with somebody. I don't know how to do this. We have to be able to okay to go to somebody and ask for help. Because God is saying, if you want to commit to godly community, you have to be willing to go through the disappointments together. Commit to the journey, embrace encouragement, prepare for disappointments, Because godly community is going through both love and lies. Just like a roller coaster. It has its flips, it has its corkscrew turns, and and, and all those things. Love and lies takes us on that crazy journey, too. You'll be in godly community and, and think that we're Christians and we love Jesus, but because we still have the sin nature... We begin to evaluate each other. Do they really love me? Are they really accepting me? Man, I know they, they didn't mean that. That wasn't their intention to hurt me. But they lied to me. How do we deal with this? You know, In John 21, there's this moment after uh, Jesus rose from the dead and, and, and the disciples are on the beach and, and, and Jesus is having breakfast with, with Peter. And God asked him these questions Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? And Peter would say, Yes, Lord, you know I love you. And Jesus would say, Then feed my lambs. I want us to pay, pay close attention to what Jesus is calling Peter, because he's calling him Simon, the wavering one. He's not talking to who he was going to be, he, he's talking to his old nature. He's intentionally calling him the wavering one. And he asked him two more times, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter, at that that moment, by the third time, he's saying, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. See, it's okay to be able to express that we hurt. Peter's expressing he's getting getting hurt that Jesus is, is questioning his character. He's questioning his integrity. It's okay to be emotional inside of what's going on, just don't get off the ride. If you can just walk through this thing with somebody. Jesus knew everything, and and and, and Peter knows that. But Jesus was talking to his old nature. Because he was saying, it's like if you if you love me, are you going to continue to represent me even when nobody is looking? See, at that moment, Jesus knew. That Peter lied. Peter didn't know, but Jesus knew what what Peter did. In Matthew 26, Peter declared, hey, even if everyone else deserts you, I will never desert you. But Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, Peter, this very night before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times that you even know me. And Peter's like, no, no, I'll I'll stick up for you. I'm never going to deny all the other disciples. I'm not going to deny you, Jesus. They all did. even though people were asking questions of love and lies, people told, I want you to understand this, Jesus never gave up on Peter. This is why we can't make this trip with just anybody. That's why, that's why the Bible tells us to not be unequally yoked. That I have to make sure that the people I'm linking arms with, that I'm doing life together with, man, that we're, we're, we're going the same way. We're praying to the same God. We're moving in the same direction. And they're calling out things to me that I may not be able to see. Because we are going to go through difficult things. But, see, godly community loves us enough to challenge who we used to be while still giving us grace to become. I want to speak something that's always been heavy on my hearts. Husbands and wives. You're not seeing the change and the growth in what you want to see in your spouse because you won't let them to be freed from what they used to be and they do not have the grace to become around you. And that's why people get divorces and we, and we see five years down the road and we say, why, why is that person doing so well? Because they got away from you. And listen, hear my heart this morning. I'm not, I'm not advocate for uh, divorce. My parents split up when I was a teenager And I had to walk that crazy, hard, difficult journey. And I saw the toll that it took on my mom. And it made me have a lot of anger towards even both of them. And it wasn't right. Because we all read what God says about divorce. But we still sin. Our human nature is to do what? But see, God is still good, and he still uses our faults and our flaws for his purpose. And I saw my mom be more passionate for God than ever, and she is somebody that I still believe that has helped me to be on this journey who God has called me to be. And my heart still breaks for my father, who still is so clueless to what's God has made available. In the midst of the relationship, we couldn't let God work on our hearts to be an extension of his love that he's been to us, so we can't be it to them. It's like we're the person that was like millions of dollars in debt, and that debt got canceled, yet we're still holding the person hostage that owes us 10 cents. God is saying that we should be forgiving seven times, 70 times, 490 times a day. That until the time that the church gets this, we're still holding people hostage for things that were said 10 years ago, five years ago, a year ago, 10 minutes ago. God says if you don't let them go, you can't complete the circle of purpose. And we're killing ourselves because of unforgiveness. We have to be able to forgive. We can't hold on to things. We have to be willing to reconcile because our godly community is better than disunity. It's only when there's unity that there's a commanded blessing. So you're gonna get on the ride. We all know when we get on a roller coaster, we are taking a risk. And that's what godly community is. Godly community is a risk. It's gonna require vulnerability. It's gonna require patience. It's gonna require trust. But godly community is a risk worth taking. We can't be afraid to pursue this. I know we are a culture where we like to have the answers. We like everything to be easy. My goodness, social, social media and our phones and these apps, you know, everything has been made easier for our lives. But the things that are worth it, we're going to have to make a sacrifice. We're going to have to take the risk to pursue. We have to understand that the risk presents the opportunity to trust. The ability to experience something greater than ourselves. You know, we know Peter got out of the boat and walked on water to pursue Jesus. But do you know that he got out of the boat a second time? That... The disciples, after Jesus died, they, they went back to what they knew. They went back fishing. And so they, they fished all night, and they didn't catch anything. And so they were coming back in, and, and they didn't know, but Jesus was on the beach and telling them, hey, th- cast out your nets again. And so they cast it out, and they caught all these fish. They so much that they call all the other boats to come and help them. And Peter instantly knew, that's my Jesus. He lost connection. And betrayed his friend. And the moment that there is an opportunity for reconciliation, he got out of the boat, he didn't wait. If this is the person I'm committed to on the journey with, I gotta go be with them. That's exactly how we have to jump out of our pride, and we have to be able to jump out of our doubts and our own insecurities to take a risk for something that is so worth it. So what part of the journey do you need to reset on? Where do you need to take this step forward to pursuing godly community? Maybe you need to make some sacrifices. Maybe you need to let go of some fears today. Not so much as cutting people out of your life, but pursuing people that will help you reach your purpose. Maybe it's encouraging the people that you're surrounding yourself with. Maybe it's talking about some disappointments that you have brushed under the rug. Whatever it is, take the step. Because here's the thing, if the Son of God needed to walk in community, what is your excuse? I want to pray for every person in this room. I'm going to hand it over to Pastor Ben at the... Clearbrook campus to pray out for his congregation. And my prayer is that God would encourage us to seek and pursue godly community because we're going to need courage to pursue this journey. See, the reason people don't get on roller coasters is that they did it once and they got scared. Or, Or they heard the screams of other people on the roller coaster and it's like, nope, I'm not doing that. We hear the screams and the agony of other people in in community, and it's even halted us from pursuing it. But today, I'm going to pray that God would encourage so that we would have the courage to stand and get in.